Hi everyone, hello listeners, hello followers, welcome to Mentally Sound's Life in Lockdown podcast series. We're episode 39, uh, thank you all for joining us. Thanks to everyone for persevering with us throughout these uh, lockdown months, ever since uh, March last year. Hope that you found all the content, the substance of these podcasts useful to you. A reminder that Mentally Sound is a mental health, mental well-being show, so you will be hearing things that might be of a um, you know sensitive issue to you, might be quite personal. Um, so if that's the case, please, please, please um, see your nearest therapist, GP, for help and advice, because you are entitled to, after all. It's part of Mentally Sound's signposting purposes, so we do urge you to, to get the help. A reminder on how you can listen to us. Um, you'll be hearing us on Spice FM, 98.8 FM. We we go out on uh, Tuesdays at one o'clock in the afternoon, and also we have a repeat now, which is brilliant news on Saturday afternoons at three o'clock. From so from one to two p.m. on Tuesdays, and from three to four p.m. on Saturdays. You'll all be listening to us also on uh, our podcast platforms. Uh, reminder what they are: on Twitter we're at underscore mentally sound, on Instagram it's mentally sound radio all one word, and Facebook it's mentally sound radio show. And on our Facebook header page, you'll see all our podcast archives. I think we're at uh, I think we're at episode thirty-five on our podcast. So what I'm going to do is, when we reach episode forty, I will update you. So in a, in about a fortnight's time, you should have the full forty up there. So please do listen to our past podcasts as well. Some really insightful information there. And I have underneath each podcast the sort of range of topics that we talk about. One that you know I'm sure will will relate to you. Yes, so here we are, episode 39. Um, I've got another brilliant guest, a friend of the show, who'll be joining us. Just a reminder, this is going to be... Uh, uh, we're back to bringing guests on the show as well, so Nikki's taking a bit of a break. Um, so I've got a guest here for the first half hour and a couple of guests for the second half hour. And what's happening is is that the, this podcast and the one after are going to be two of uh, our Time to Talk particular podcast it's time to talk day i think this thursday with the 4th of february i think it is so we have uh, two podcasts on either side of that particular day and those two will be associated with our time to talk special so without further ado um our special guest and he's a friend of the show i think it's his third appearance uh, he first came into the studio and when we had our radio show i think about two two years ago and then he appeared on one of our earlier podcasts uh, last year uh, to talk about his uh, particular field, which is a very uh, specialised field. field. Um, when you consider mindfulness and running, this guy has managed to twin them together. He is Peter Maguire, a.k.a. The Mindful Runner. Hello, Peter. How are you? Hi, Ricky. It's um, good to be here. And thanks for inviting us back on the show. It's oh, always a pleasure. You're very welcome. Uh, you, you've, always, you've always got a space here, mate. Uh, it's, it's awesome that you're joining us again. Um, so first of all, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing okay. Thanks, obviously, strange times at the minute, so mm-hmm. we're doing doing the best we can, homeschooling and working from home, so it is um, it is challenging, isn't it? But you've just mm-hmm. got to do the, the best you can, haven't you? Be yeah. kind to yourself. Yeah. And mindful running, remind the listeners out there of the origins and how it came to be? and Yeah, it was, it was sort of out of a, a bit of sadness, to be honest, because I was working as a mindfulness practitioner for a, for a local company, and mm-hmm. um, unfortunately, it was made redundant. Um, contract we had wasn't renewed with public health which was unfortunate because we were doing some wonderful work and as a result of that um mm-hmm. was made redundant and the day i found out i remember it well i was i was a bit sad obviously because i was so passionate about what i was doing and how it was able to help people um 
so on the that day I was actually running home from yeah. work I, I hadn't brought the car so as I was running back it was sort of lots of thoughts and emotions were going through my mind mm-hmm. and then I just had a thought at the time well this could be a, a, a space an opportunity to create something mm-hmm. unique that perhaps you might not have created if you were still working there so yeah. I sort of thought about the idea of putting mindfulness and running together mm-hmm. and then I sort of thought it sounds good because I know there's a lot of beginner runners who don't stick to running or they have lots of issues with regards about mm-hmm. how they feel how they look when they're running or what other people are thinking of them yeah. and I just thought the two would marry really well together so I sort of sat down and and put a, um, some thoughts together and ended up designing an eight-week mindfulness running course which has um, proved extremely popular and helped um, hundreds of people in in the local area where I live, and um, the the groups are still going strong. Obviously, at the minute we can't go out because of restrictions, um, mm-hmm. but I'm sure once they're lifted, we'll be back again. Mm-hmm. And it's just a pleasure to help so many people and see the confidence yeah. um, lift, and that they actually tend to stick to it and and mm-hmm. um, keep keep the fitness going, which is really pleasing to see. I, I was going to sort of intercept with a question when you were doing an intro there. When you said about running home after you'd said you'd made redundant, um, and I'm sure we'll get that we'll get back onto the whole kind of emotional side in its relation to running and fitness. But um, just as a quick a quickie to start with, when you ran home well, upon hearing that news, was it sort of a a reaction to hearing that news that you needed to feel that you needed to run home to deal with the emotions of what you just heard? It wasn't actually, I'd, I'd already planned that day, I'd brought my kit in to, oh, to run back, so it was, I'd already planned that, but it, yeah. I'm sure it certainly helped, because if I was in the car and I just drove home, um, maybe I wouldn't have had those thoughts, or maybe later on, so I think um, I think running in that respect is, is really beneficial to, if you've got a job interview or something like that, I'll say to people, if you can go out for a, a run, sometimes you get a flood of ideas and stuff like that that can help you and be quite creative if, if you're writing something or doing mm. some school work or, or something you're a bit stuck on I think physical exercise can really help you with that absolutely and and um it's it's that it's that issue that I want to focus this chat with you because um and for listeners out there uh, and I'm sure that you know um if you listen to some of our previous podcasts I had expressed that um you know, I coped with the first lockdown fairly well, all things considering. But the second lockdown, for a whole host of reasons, um, I really struggled. And, um, you know, running was one of the the features in, in how I dealt with the first lockdown, which I found really beneficial. And even sort of pre-COVID, um, you know, as I've said many times that running is, is I, I use it to as a benefit to my mental well-being. And if it, if it happens to benefit my physical well-being that's what I see as the bonus rather than sort of the other way around um that's the whole great thing about it but you know going back and I and I contacted Peter because I was really kind of looking to wanting to get my running regime back but I, I, I found it really difficult to do and then um having that chat with Peter I thought that um well I'll turn I'll, I, I expect that I'm not going to be the only one so instead of having the phone call, um, PD agreed to come on the podcast again and talk about the whole issue about emotions and how how that sort of its relationship with running and how one can influence the other. Um, and I think you know Peter just now gave an example there. You know when he ran home and and how he sort of felt those floods of ideas can sort of you know. Um, would you say is it good, is it fair to say it kind of cushioned the impact of what what was going on when you ran home? Yeah, I think it was obviously it was 
it was acknowledging, accepting that, you know, I'd been made redundant. But then it was sort of, rather than be down in the dumps, which would be a normal thing, there was that emotion there of sadness and yeah. um, thinking, oh, what am I going to do? Mm. So when you, when you obviously have that, when your mind becomes foggy because of all the things that's just happened, running yes. is something that can help sort of clear all that mist content in your mind and help. Yeah, and I think, and it doesn't have to be, you know, it could be walking as well. I think mm. being out in nature and, and um, I always say to people, you know, if you, if you need to walk for a few minutes and then run slowly for a minute, you know, mix it up. And because um, mm. a lot of people say, oh, I can't run or I can't run far. Mm. And I'll say, well, you know, if you can walk for two minutes and then run for 30 seconds at a slow pace and then walk and, mm. and that can really help as well, if I feel. Mm. So, so going to my situation, I mean, um, you know, lockdown, lockdown two, as it were. I mean, they all sound like movies, don't they? It's sort of like we're in the yeah. we're in the third of the trilogies at the moment. But um, sec the second one, I mean, going back to November. So, I mean, in the autumn, in the sort of month or two previous to the second lockdown, you know, I'd lost a, an uncle to um, COVID who, who was abroad, and then you know, a whole kind of flood of things sort of came at the same time. My Extended family all over who live over in Pontiel and the whole the entire household got um had contracted the virus. Fortunately, most of them were all right, apart from my another uncle of mine who was kind of tinkering on the edge. So there was a few sleepless nights regarding that. And then my my mum had a health scare, and um, I also had a, a, a you know uh, my sort of had a relationship breakdown. So all these things happening at the same time, it was like you know a real kind of weight on my mind. And I remember even. Before the lockdown, I had it all set, you know, says, right, I'm going to I'm going to do my work, you know, work from home. I'm going to do my running. But when all these kind of floods of information came in, it, it stopped me from doing all of that. And even though I was trying to wake up each day, kind of finding the motivation to run, I found it almost impossible. So. I mean, I'm sure you've heard people express similar views, um, Peter, in your classes What's your yes. kind of immediate advice been to, to hearing something like that? I think having all those things happen in a, in a short space of time is really challenging to deal mm -hmm. with. And I think, you know, we have to acknowledge that and be sort of um, manage the emotions as best we can. So it may be that for a period of time that you, you don't go out for a run and, or you might be managed to go out for a walk and, and just doing what feels right for you mm -hmm. is, is helpful, be it it might just be, you know, I don't know, it could be something you find comfort in like maybe um reading or listening to some some music whatever feels right for you in the moment mm. um but i think a lot of people struggle with um actually getting out the door to run i think that's the most challenging thing a lot of people share with me and it's just you know especially if people have been to work or if they've been busy homeschooling in the house especially in the winter when it's darker and a lot cooler it's so easy just to choose to stay in, in the comfort of your own home. And one message I always say to the runners when I'm coaching them is, you know, notice how you feel after you've been for the run. What yeah. once you're actually you've you've been home, you've had a shower or a bath. Um, notice how you feel and tune to that tune into that feeling and, and remember it when you sort of your mind's going, Oh, shall I shan't I go out? Yeah. And sometimes the good the, the good tip is is just putting your gear on or if you if you were at work uh, i know it's different now we're, we're, we're um most people are working from home but i used to say to people you know can you put your gear on before before you leave work <laughs> so you're ready and just go when you get back and but we've all got different pressures some people may be caring some people may be 
sort of shielding or yeah. homeschooling. Yeah. So I think getting out when you can um, and remembering that feeling you get from when when you've run when you're running or after you've run mm. that feeling tuning into that and that sometimes can just give you a little bit of a more motivation mm. and inspiration to, to get out there and, and run mm. do you think there's also something in i think for, for from my from my point of view at that at that sort of you know um kind of treacherous time i went through there was almost yes. that feeling that if i went out for a run I, it's, it's like part of me is telling me well um, it's like the inner voice, you know, the inner critic, critic saying to yourself, "Well, why you going to a, why are you going to run? Surely it's it's almost like you're trying to hide away from your problems, or you're trying to run away, literally run away from your problems, or or you maybe in, in in some sort of denial about everything. Yeah. Because maybe maybe to some people, the running is 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 seen in a way like too much of a hobby. Whereas for me, I say is kind of a I would say almost like a lifeline thing, something I have to I have yeah. to have in my routine. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Some people might think that oh, he's off for a run, he's he's sort of running away from his problems, or he doesn't really aware of what's around him. Did you see where I'm getting at there? Yeah, I think I think it's really about you know doing what feels right for you, and if running feels beneficial to you, both physically and mentally, you know I I would encourage people to do it. Be it any any exercise mm. that, that's helpful for them, and it's. It's about responding to these challenges in a helpful way. Um, sometimes we'll respond in an unhelpful way. You know, it may be that, you know, if people drink alcohol, they might drink more alcohol to yeah, sort of forget problems idea. and that. Yeah. So it's about acknowledging what's going on, mm. then deciding what's helpful for me in this moment, be it a run or a walk or, you know, a warm bath with some candles and some nice music that you like. Yeah. It's It's tuning in and thinking okay what what's helpful for me in this mm. moment and what's going to benefit us mm. and a lot of people you know may go down a different path i don't know if it's a cultural thing as well but i think um if more people people acknowledge and and, and you're right in what you're saying that um it's about doing what you feel is best for you and yep. sometimes i guess someone like myself who has anxiety and is, is a bit kind of acutely aware when others being judgmental you know we talked about being the whole judgmental thing that how we feel when we go out running, how what what others can, yeah. how others perceive you when you're running, and you yes. become a bit self conscious yeah. and all that. Um, that was a really good uh, discussion we had in the last podcast. I would recommend people listen to that one as well. But it's also that um, if more and more people can realise that something like running, as you say, any hobby or anything to do with nature, the environment, is something that we've incorporated fully in our lives, as important as maybe eat, sleep, and that kind of thing. Then more, there'll be more acceptance of that, isn't there? I think. Would you Would you agree? Yes. Yeah. I think. I mean, a lot of the times people do. What do people think? What do I look like when I'm running? And what? And to be honest, I think you know we don't really know what other people are going to going to think as those thoughts we have aren't necessarily facts, but we tend to sometimes believe them and, and attach to them. Um, but to be honest, I think most people are actually, if they see someone running, they tend to be rooting for them, you know, and um, thinking. And it might. I always say to to the runners in the group. You, you never know how many people you are inspire, inspiring yeah. by doing this. Yeah. So other people may see you do it, be it on social media or, or out and about on the roads mm-hmm. when you're running. Um, and sometimes I've had a lot of people say they've been inspired by seeing other people yeah. or hearing about other people who have started it. So I think that can be really, really helpful. So focusing on the positive side that when I'm out to run, I may be inspiring others. I'm doing something good for my physical and mental well-being. Mm. But I also maybe inspiring others as well. Um, but those thoughts do come in sometimes about you know, oh, 
oh, what gear am I wearing? What are people thinking about the way I'm running and the pace? And, you know, that that's normal. And it's just being aware of that, but not sort of um, following that, you know, just allowing it to be and allowing it to let it go, those thoughts. It's certainly in lockdown. Um, I don't know if it's just because I'm more aware. Um, you know, when I go out, you know, aside from a running, I also go out for like a lengthy walk as well. So you you got more, you're kind of more aware especially what's around you and yes i'm seeing yes. i'm seeing a lot more runners out these days and as, yes. you, as you made the point out about winter do people think about well it's it's not so good out there i'll stop in but um i've been out in driving rain driving snow and um it doesn't yeah. deter people from going out is it it's it's probably more yeah it's it interesting you say that i've just been for for a walk today and the amount of people i've seen out is you know when there's not a lockdown on, you still see, you, you don't see as many people out. And I think people are really connecting with nature again. And because they're in the house so much, if they're able to go out for the daily exercise, go for a walk, I'm seeing a lot of people who I wouldn't have seen before. Mm-hmm. And, and in a way, that's really great to see. And um, even stopping to talk people, obviously, at a social distance, which people um, maintain, is really nice because as humans, we do need that connection. So if you're walking or running and you see people, notice how you're feeling when you've, if you've mm. spoke to them or said hello. Sometimes we're missing that human connection because yeah. virtually it's nice and it's helpful to have all this technology to stay connected, mm. but it's not the same as sort of face to face. So focusing on a bit more of the the current lockdowns, and I mean a lot of people are kind of feeling um, a bit fatigued with everything that's going on and um, yeah. the the uncertainty of how this year is going to pan out compared to last year, that kind of thing. Um, so if someone, you know, I'll give my example before we go on the second lockdown, but if someone was to, it's that element of, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're stuck indoors and that, you know, when procrastination kind of uh, yeah. eats away at you. Because I'm, I'm a morning runner. I prefer to sort of get it. Yeah. Because I, I like the, the, cool, the cooler the better. So, and it set, helps set me up for the day because, you know, the, the benefits yes. of adrenaline and the endorphins is, I think, is quite good for my anxiety. Yeah. But for people out there stuck in lockdown, not finding the motivation, what would what would you say to them, Peter? It's if they can do something, if they if they really don't want to go out and they want to stay in, can they do something in the house, even just some movement, like um, some really gentle yoga? And a lot of people are fearful of of yoga because they think, oh, these weird and wonderful poses. And mm-hmm. um, I will give a shout out to yoga with Adrienne, who's on YouTube. She's an American lady from Texas, and her her yoga videos are fantastic for all levels of ability and her guidance is is really top-notch um she's she's very much a mindfulness slant on her guidance which is really about you listening to your own body and being guided by it and using your breath because we can learn so much from the breath as well so anything Mm -hmm. that that um takes the attention inward Mm -hmm. like that um, I think would be helpful if people really don't want to go out. Or even if you if you have a garden, going into the garden just to get some fresh air um, can can be helpful. Um, or if you're able to just go out for a walk with someone as well, having someone with you while you're going for a walk. And in these certain times, you've got people out there who, um, you know, job troubles, money troubles, um, yep. stuck in sort of family situations they'd rather not be in. Um, mm. Is Is the advice for them to see running as some sort of escape from all that would that be the same same sort of line yeah if it's sort of obviously there's there's people you can um i'm sure you'll have information on people um where you can signpost people too if they're Mm. experiencing 
difficulties. You know, there's there's various um, things online where you can look at if it depending what the issue is with people are experiencing. But sometimes just by getting outside, be it running or walking, getting away out of your home environment can just create that 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 space mm-hmm. and that time for yourself, which is which is really important because you know sometimes we feel guilty for doing certain things yeah. like you know oh, I've got, I'm going out and exercising for 30 minutes I, maybe I could homeschool my son a bit more I've mm-hmm. got to cook lunch or dinner um, yeah. you know so it's but sometimes we feel like we well, haven't got the time to do it but if, we, if we're able to create that little bit of time if we're able to and invest in ourselves it, it'll impact the other things we're doing you know just like you said noticing and being aware how running on a morning impacts your day yeah. I've had loads of runners say that to me, you know, oh, I've started running on a morning and it's really helped us throughout the, the day. It's really had a positive impact on how my day and how I respond to my mm-hmm. day and how I perceive things that arise during the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think running on a morning, if you're able to, was a really, really helpful um, start to the day. And sometimes you have to get a bit up early and when it's darker and cooler. But again, tune into how you feel after you've run and notice how your day has gone after that as well. So. So we're reaching near the end, Peter. So just a couple more things I'd like to discuss with you. Um, first of all, um, so in terms of like, I know we talked about it before before I hit the record button, but um, so the the impact of lockdown on your personal business has been a couple of changes. So do you want to sort of talk a bit about that as much as you'd like to? Yeah, obviously the the, the mindfulness side of things. Um, I used to do sort of eight week mindfulness courses, and introduction mm-hmm. to mindfulness courses have have just um, stopped for now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm continuing to do one to one running sessions. Um, but the other side of the business at the minute is is just really quiet due to what's going yeah. on. Mm-hmm. Um, I chose not to go down the route of of online sessions. Um, so hopefully when when restrictions are lifted, we'll be get be able to get back to doing those um, introductory sessions face to face because I think they're so so valuable. And yes, you can do them online, and there may be some value in them. But mm-hmm. there's nothing that beats you know being in a group with people face face to face. Yeah, I think um, yeah, the, the sooner that happens, uh, the better. I mean, it's you know when you consider the amount of people that's took up running to deal with lockdown, I think. Um, I think they'll be they'll be they'll be flooding to wanting to see someone like yourself, but obviously the rules and restrictions kind of inhibit inhibit all that for the time being. But it'd be really cool at some stage in the future if we were kind of like um, join you out for a run and record and like re- talk to each other as we're puffing and panting afterwards. And yeah, so that would be that would be really good and uh, and give people some tips, you know, about um about posture and and yeah. stuff um and and how to warm up correctly and stretches. So yeah, it would be really up yeah, for that to that'd help be people. Really cool. And I'm sure, I mean, as as you say, you know, you're kind of switching direction a bit, but people out there who want um, to get some advice from someone specialised like yourself, they're more than welcome to get in touch with you, aren't they? Yeah, sure. I mean, we've got the um, the Mindful Runner Facebook group, and that's I started that a few years ago, and I think we've got over 600 people in it now. And, mm. um, you know, I post there often, and other, some other people do. Um, I encourage other pe- members of the group to post and share their experiences mm. or what they find useful. And it's, it's sort of mainly running, and we do touch on mindfulness, but it's, it's about just creating a community for people, a supportive yeah. community where no matter how fast or how far you run, mm. we're all together because sometimes people are a bit intimidated intimidated about going to um running clubs um mm. whereas the sessions i do are really um they're really inclusive and 
running clubs are fantastic don't get us wrong and they are inclusive but some people don't want to join a sort of a running club and you like it's bespoke isn't it you kind of focus on the individual needs and what's comfortable for them yeah 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 so we you know we we'll focus on the individual needs and they feel really comfortable about walking so i've had people who have been in the groups for, for two years and sometimes they'll still walk for, uh, during the session sometimes and it's them what, what's really pleasing for me is them feeling empowered enough to think okay today i don't feel perhaps as strong yeah. and i'm going to listen to my body and respond with kindness and i'm going to walk for a little bit and that's really important to me as a coach um because sometimes it can be like oh, i failed if i walk i failed and that's not the case yeah so it's, it's very open in that respect and i do teach people to be more aware of the bodies and the posture and the breath, which helps them run more efficiently and mm-hmm. hopefully um, lessens the chance of injuries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause uh, you, you had a couple of, you had a bad fall not that long ago, didn't you? Um, was, yeah. That I, was I, about, I remember um, seeing that, that picture on Instagram. It might, yeah. It was, I think, I can't remember how long ago it was actually at me. I don't know if it was early summer or not, but um, talk about, you know, I'm supposed to be a mindfulness practitioner. <laughs> and it wasn't very mindful, <laughs> mindful of us at all. Yeah. So maybe I need to do more practice myself, but I was running from a road onto a trail. Yeah. And what can happen is when you're tired, sometimes you don't lift your knee as high. So mm-hmm. your foot doesn't come as high off the ground. So if there's any rocks sticking out of the ground, which there was on this trail, top of my foot just caught it right. and I went tumbling over I was going at quite a fast pace broke the fall with my elbow mm. and um, unfortunately fractured my elbow just, but it's, yeah, it's healed I mean, well it, it's actually very quickly a quick point on that because obviously we're in we're in the sort of midst of winter so uh, yep. I mean it, it was all right today but you know we, we've had days where there's been lots of snow lots of rain lots of frost yeah. I mean um, how any tips on how people could be careful out there when they have to avoid these sorts of ob- obstacles it's difficult with ice, isn't it? Because you can have sort of black ice as well, which is really difficult to spot. So, um, you know, it's you can get shoes with better grips, but sometimes with, with black ice, it can be quite um, lethal. So it's just about taking care and making making a, a judgment call based on um, on how it actually is outside. I would say um, as well, yeah. like particularly as the nights are getting darker, that only sort of run in well-lit areas so you know what you might be yeah. doing. On yeah, and, you can, and also... Um, you know, there's a lot of head torches online that are really good that you can use as well if you're running on a moment just to give you a bit more um, light and also see a, see a scene a bit more by, mm. you know, fellow, if there's cyclists out or, yeah. or um, people driving and, and, and wearing a, an illuminous coloured top if you can. Um, mm. You know, you can get illuminate, you can get straps that go around your arms or your legs or mm-hmm. um, there's, there's various sort of um, head torches and, and flashing lights you can get, which are really helpful because it's really important to be visible. Cool. Um, and and if you're crossing a road as well, or and the car's not signalling to go that way, assume it is coming that way because yeah, good you point. know. Good point. Sometimes I've seen people there where they've ran across and the car wasn't signalling, the car's still come round. So just mm. err on the side of caution. Particularly, um, particularly if you are wearing like headphones as well, because sometimes that kind of yeah narrow, narrows your focus a little bit, doesn't it? At times. Um, yeah. To be honest, I, I know some people have run with headphones, but I don't because. Um, I think it can be quite dangerous because if you've got a cyclist coming past you on a track mm. and you can't hear them, they might yeah. ding the bell. You know, it can. I've heard of people who've been hit by cars because they've not not um, mm. not heard them coming with having headphones on. So mm. I think headphones, you know, just be really careful if you if you're doing that. Yeah. Maybe just have one in one ear or something like that. Oh yeah, or well, if you like, uh, I know that some of the big parks people just stick to running round laps around a park where. 
yeah, it's yes. a bit safer to do that so you're out of the way of it's traffic and yeah. yeah 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 a lot of people like listen to music when they're running and it helps them as well so mm-hmm. you know i'm not saying not to, not to do it but just be really careful good um so as i as i mentioned before um peter's available for anyone out there who wants advice on the kind of issues that we want to talk about if you want to Get in touch with them. I'm sure Peter will be more than happy to um, um, respond to them. So, Peter, do you want to remind them of what your details are? Yep. So, on Facebook, we've got the businesses Mindful Maguire. So, that's M-A-G-U-I-R-E. So, if you go on Facebook, you can look at that. Um, And on Facebook, there's also the Mindful Runner group, which is, if you just type in the Mindful Runner, you'll see that. Um, There's about six like I say, over 600 people in there, and you can contact us via that. Um, you may, may get some inspiration and motivation from it, and um, it's just about a community, about supporting each other, so feel free to contact me through those channels, and uh, awesome. I'll do my best to get back to you. Didn't you, uh, you my mem- if my memory serves me, didn't you say there was another mindful runner out there, so just to make sure that you do yes, get the right one? Yes, that's correct. There is a one in South Africa, I don't know if he's still active or not, but right. he was on Facebook, okay. and I'd noticed a couple of people um, in the group at... at Originally, it actually joined him. I think I think there was only like some, like thirty people in that group. So, um, right. and I don't think it's active now. So, okay. but you may you may see that. But um, you'll see. A, um, I think there's the logo on on the one I've got is in a world where you can be anything, be kind. Mm-hmm. Um, so I th- you'll you'll notice that, and mm-hmm. there's a little picture of a picture of me um, running as well. So, so you wear so you wearing a am I, are you wearing a blue. Blue, yeah, blue, yeah, a blue jacket. Yeah, that's right, that's right, yeah. Yeah, a blue, a blue jacket. It's like um, a countryside background yeah, and right. it's got that quote on. That's how I remember yeah, your so avatar, you'll be to, you'll be yeah. Awesome. Yeah, you'll be the finders on there. And also on Instagram as well, you'll be the finders. It's at runner underscore mindful. Um, mm-hmm. So you can find us on there. Or Mindful Maguire on Instagram as well. You can find us there. Well, that, that very sweetly wraps uh, this podcast up. It's the first part of episode 39. Peter Maguire, thank you very much for joining us. Um, you, thank you very much for having us. It's always a pleasure and, and, and just to say the show is really great. I, I love enjoy listening to it and yeah. I'm sure it's really helpful to a lot of people thanks, out there so keep much. up the but, good work, Ricky. Thanks very much, Peter. Uh, thanks everyone out there. That's the end of part one. Uh, join us again after... Well, these are not messages, it's just a bit of music so join us again for part two. Thanks everyone. Thanks, Peter. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi everyone, welcome back to Mentally Sound Life and Lockdown podcast series. This is the second half of episode 39. Uh, thank you to Peter in the first part. I think that was really awesome to talk about his mindful running once again. And a personal thanks to him as well, because, you know, he reached out really personally when I was, um, you know, looking out for help in, in, the, in the second lockdown. And I went for a good run today, so... Now for this second part, um, got some more great guests, uh, also friends of the show. Uh, the Newcastle United Foundation, which is sort of like the charity wing of our beloved Newcastle United Football Club, um, they've been on the show before, and they were on they were on before talking about be a game changer. And one of them, uh, who I think was about a year, year and a half ago, is back on, and we have a new guest who's. Uh, I'm going to ask him if he's a sort of recent member, or has he been a member for a while? But we'll find all that out. It's um, it's Ashley and Azim. How are you guys both? Uh, firstly, Ashley, how are you? I'm good, yes. Just, yeah, I've got a, an almost one-year-old son that I have to look after whilst trying to work full-time and 
lockdown, etc. So I'm I'm all right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm getting there. Yeah. How about you, Azim? Yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm actually good. I know that Ashley's just making it up there when she says that she's good, but she's she got stresses and strains. Um, I don't have uh, children to worry about, so yeah. So I just need to worry about myself at the moment. So I'm doing a pretty good job of looking after myself at the moment. Awesome, awesome. So we got to know a bit about with, about Ashley before, but uh, regarding yourself, Azim, how long have you been involved with the, the foundation? I joined the foundation officially last November. Last November. Um, right. I've been a friend of the foundation for a while, so I've been a participant, um, joined their running club a few years okay. ago. That's how I got involved with the foundation. Mm-hmm. And then I helped out um, as one of the fans who was being consulted with when they started the Be A Game Changer campaign. Mm-hmm. And then the um, the role came up to help make the programmes more inclusive, and that just jumped out at me. So here I am, and I'm loving it. Excellent, excellent. Uh, I'm sure you're you're going to be a brilliant addition. Um, Ashley, coming back to you. Um, since so we got to know about the be be a game changer campaign. Just do you want to give listeners a little reminder what that is, and also um, sort of the immediate sort of impact that lockdown has had. Yeah, so the be a game changer campaign was launched back in February two thousand and nineteen, mm-hmm. um, with its aim being to encourage football fans to talk openly about mental health. Yeah. Now we. By football fans, we mean every anyone that loves football, obviously, especially Newcastle United. Originally, when we did launch the campaign, we were trying to do a lot of targeted work with men most at risk of suicide because yeah. we know that's you know a lot of our fan base. Mm-hmm. But as the years have sort of um, developed, that we're still trying to target that that group, but we're also trying to really reach out to all of the other fans out there as well to say like, look, this campaign is mm. is for anyone that's a Newcastle United fan because mm. we all have mental health, we all struggle, mm. especially at the moment, I would say, mm. and we just really want to use the power of football to to, get, to encourage people to speak up and know that they're not alone and that there is help out there. It's been a, a huge campaign, isn't it? Because still now I see a lot of the marketing in and around. The town centre and on public transport. I mean, um, in the in the in the space of time that since you launched it, just how's it how's it taken off and how's it reached the sort of the communities and target areas that you that you sort of wanted to, you know, get feedback from. Yeah, so originally it was about getting the the brand out there, so mm. via population based approach. So how can we reach the you know the biggest amount of people in the shortest time so that was using you know local radio podcasts and um, the the newspapers obviously social media when we were allowed at the match we used to speak to fans on match days handing out little be a game changer business cards mm-hmm. and then as we've kind of progressed we still do all of that but we work with local grassroots football clubs and businesses giving them free resources and support and how they can get the be a game changer message out there one of the big things that we've done has been using fans real life stories to mm-hmm. to put out to the public and and help people realize like look if if someone else has been through that what i'm going through and they they're okay now they spoke up they've got support then so can i and um, so we hope to inspire people with the stories that we put out that way mm-hmm. and then we've had um videos that we've put out that the fans have have been part of we've got a mindfulness audio track that we've released of the the sounds of st james's park so we're always trying to think of new ways to engage people with the message so we know that we're reaching different people obviously not everyone follows the foundation on facebook but they might read the chronicle you Mm -hmm. know people aren't going to the match anymore but luckily we've got a big banner um on all the home games so just trying to think of new ways to to get the message out there Mm -hmm. 
And uh, Azim, do you want to talk a little bit about how the, the campaign is tr- specifically trying to reach out with, with BME communities within the city? So at the moment, I've been doing a lot of um, consultation work with members of the BME community, not just in Newcastle, though, because yeah. um, certainly finding people, and this is one thing that I am looking for, Ashley mentioned people who've had their own different stories. I think there is still a lot of stigma within, you know, with, particularly within the Asian community, about people not necessarily wanting to share those stories. So I've had to look a little bit further afield mm. Um just to find people who and the stories that people can relate to. Yeah. Um, I've also found that some of the barriers to accessing services and talking about mental health are just awareness and you know not necessarily anything cultural, mm-hmm. but people not necessarily understanding what things like stress, anxiety, and depression look like and feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're looking to create some more targeted and tailored resources mm-hmm. just to really help people become more aware of what these what these issues are mm-hmm. and that if you are feeling unhappy that that isn't the way that it should be and that there are things that you can do about it. And certainly within the community, um, as it, I mean, my own personal experience, I know that mental health is like hugely de- taboo among sort of, you know, the, the British Asian community that I've grew up on, grew up in and still see around now. Um what what specific ideas does the be a game changer have in order to try and break that break those sorts of barriers down? I think I mean the number one thing is that that taboo is changing. Mm-hmm. So I know that you've been open about your mental health problems. Um, I've had mental health problems in the past where I've needed to go out to counselling. Yeah, you know, just normalising that discussion. It's you know it's fine when when normal people we still function. Yeah, um, and just letting people know that those. That that is possible, yeah. um, and also recognizing that we all do have mental health, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's one of the things that's really coming out through the consultations that I've been having is that more and more people, particularly the younger generations, are aware, yeah. and we've got the power to change things ourselves mm-hmm. and for ourselves, but we've also got the connection to our elders. Yeah, you know. Our parents, they do listen to us, mm-hmm. and we've got that power to, to educate them as well. So that's one thing that I found is, is empowering the younger people to take that message back up. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I, I like. Yeah, I never really sort of thought of it that way about sort of re-educating us, the older generation about you know what it is because I guess from it's that old thing, isn't it, that leopards can't change their spots, but they can still learn in in a sense and. Um, I've, I've, yeah, I mean, I have regular discussions with my my own mum, um, regarding both our mental health, which is a conversation I don't think we would have had, ten twenty years ago. So I think you're right to point out that it is changing, and and long may it continue. Um, Ashley, um, do you want to sort of take us back to more this sort of lockdown impact, regarding the club in general? I mean, um, you know, things like long COVID amongst players being big big in the news and. St James's Park. Um, I remember chatting to Oliver um, recently, and he described uh, you know St James's Park as being almost like a ghost town because so much has changed. But um, what's it like around the club, and um, um, does that in in itself have an influence or an effect on on the kind of work that you do with with the foundation? 
Yeah, so at the moment, um, pretty much all members of staff are working from home that mm. are able to do so. Um, and that's going to kind of remain for the for the foreseeable. Mm -hmm. um, in regards to the, the programs of the foundation, we're still, mm -hmm. the majority of staff are still working. We just had to adapt to the way that we do work. So yeah. in regards to um, Man and Azeem's team, we run our workshops online now. So we used to go into grassroots clubs, businesses, um, community venues, and run wellbeing workshops around mm -hmm. things like sleep and stress, mental health awareness. So mm -hmm. all of that has moved online um, yeah. via Zoom. Yeah. We run normally run walking football so we've got 300 over 50s that play football across the region mm -hmm. and um we've actually upskilled them to use zoom and we have something called football talks now so yeah. we didn't want these guys to be you know isolated and um potentially not speaking to anybody so we called every single one of them at the beginning of lockdown the first time round, and let them know there was a facebook group a whatsapp group um and that we were thinking about doing these online sessions and, mm -hmm. and that's how that came about. So that's been a lifeline, I know, for a lot of the, the older participants. Mm -hmm. And then we've got our Facebook group, which we, we put out content in and signposting to things that are going on in the, you know, in the local area, the support that people can still access. Mm -hmm. Just doing what we can. Um, like I say, we're, we're still here. We're still trying to support people virtually. But mm -hmm. as soon as we can be back face to face, we, we, we will be doing that in some capacity, definitely. Yeah. Oliver mentioned that the, the foundation had gotten some funding about wanting to reach out to the community. Um, um, I'm just wondering, has lockdown stalled that or is it still happening? Or so Part of the funding behind my role is lottery funded yeah. and that's to, um, to really support our communities through the COVID recovery. Mm -hmm. So see, we were hoping that we'd be able to start delivering that a little bit sooner. Yeah. But all we're doing, we're still preparing all the work, we're still planning all the resources and we're hoping to, well, we'll obviously be continuing that work um, as we try and recover. But that's something that has been recognised by funders mm -hmm. through the summer um, is that, you know, COVID has highlighted inequalities throughout society. So mm -hmm. that is something that funders have looked to try and address. Um, so that's one of the reasons why I'm in the post. Um, okay. And uh, is it a case that when restrictions e ease, that you 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 both are just willing to push out there and 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 see people face to face and get in the community? Because I imagine it's quite frustrating having to do all this kind of virtually. Yeah, it limits who we can who we can access while we have to do things virtually. Um, yeah. So ideally, we we'll want to be out in the community, talking to people, encouraging them to join our programs, giving them the information directly. Mm -hmm. um, so as I say, we've we've got to think a little bit smarter about how we do things in lockdown. But that's where finding case studies, which we've got a few really exciting ones that um, that are in the pipeline mm -hmm. um, for people to to see that there are people like us who have mental health problems, mm -hmm. and we we can do that through lockdown, which will which will set the foundations for when we come out and when we can actually start delivering programs out in the community again. Yeah. Um, so um, regarding the, the listeners out there, and, and a lot of them will be Newcastle fans, um, something that, you know, well, it's it's not the same sort of watching, you know, the experience. I remember, I don't know if you recall, Ashley, but when you were in the studio, I was describing that uh, it's almost like a mindfulness exercise for me being, you know, sitting in the stands and watching watching the game. And I don't exactly get that as much from sitting at home, but... For listeners and fans out there, what would you sort of say to them as to how much they can get from watching at home that that 
they could they, as much as they could replicate the feeling that they get when when watching live live in the stadium. Yeah, so I think first of all, it's obviously it's great that we can watch it on the, the TV, most of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but the another kind of something that else that people could try would be to access our mindfulness audio track. So yeah. something that we actually filmed before COVID was even a thing, mm-hmm. um, and we attended a game and we basically recorded all of the the famous sounds of a Newcastle United match, yeah. and that included sort of the the journey into the match and the game itself mm-hmm. so it's a seven minute track and um, that's on our youtube channel but i'm sure i can send you the, the link yeah. and what we advise is people pop the headphones in close their eyes sit comfortably and then just listen to the sounds and it's a really immersive experience and it's unique it's one of a kind as far as i'm aware there's nothing out there like it yeah. and it's a chance to just sort of take yourself back to happier times perhaps it's a, mm-hmm. a way of stopping negative thoughts if you find yourself a little bit stressed and getting carried away with you know worrying you can take seven minutes and it really kind of breaks up that that negativity um for people that have never actually had you know been able to be lucky enough to go to a game because you know it's not necessarily the cheapest of experiences Mm -hmm. it can be it can take you there and you can kind of get that experience from this track as well yeah so it's a we thought it's a way to make mindfulness a bit more palatable to mm. to a different audience. Mm. So it's definitely worth a try. I'd be interested to see what you think, actually. I'd be, yeah, yeah, nice. please send it. I'll be happy to share it on our social media as well. That sounds really great. And just on the end of that, because a lot of, you know, one of my favourite match, match day experiences is almost... I mean, I'm I'm a, I'm a quite I'm I'm a quiet guy. I'm 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 not really I'm not one of the shouters, as it were. But what I what I really like is you know where I'm located in the Leaser's end. I, I hear all these different conversations going around me, almost in a 360 degree sort of around me sort of thing. And I'm just wondering, is there is there something out there that fans can do to um, connect with one one another when they're watching a game at home, for example? I mean, you know, we're zooming like this, but are there any other ways that they can do a sort of a a live connection among so they can have those conversations, so they can have that kind of peer support? BT Sport have um, introduced a feature into into their app where you can pick if you've got a subscription, you can pick friends and you can watch it with them. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of us uh, connect through Twitter while we're watching matches. It's what I do. Yeah. Has, it, has its downsides. It has got its positives and its downsides. It obviously mm. can be a bit of a toxic environment, but yeah. you know it doesn't quite replicate that. In, you know, that environment of noise. But mm-hmm. I think one of the things that we have to accept throughout lockdown is that some of the things that we'll be experiencing just aren't going to be the same. Yeah. And I think that the more that we try and replicate, the more that we feel that loss. Oh, right, it's yeah. almost like one of the better ways to look at it is to think, right, you know, the, there isn't a good way to replicate it. I can mm-hmm. watch, you know, you can choose to watch the match with the audio commentary, or with the crowd noises on, some mm-hmm. people like that, some don't personal preference but either way you know do what works for you to get the most enjoyment out of what is there yeah. and then you can start to think about things like listening to the mindfulness app, um our mindfulness track which is really good mm-hmm. um just to to give you that little sensory experience um, yeah sure and as yeah. well that i mean that kind of thing can, can almost spread out the the enjoyment so you you know you've got the match that you're watching and yeah it's not the same 
Yeah. But then you've got something better that you can do later on to look forward to as well. So these are the you know the positive ways finding the finding the silver lining and looking at you. I know it sounds cheesy, but having your glasses half full. Yeah, these yeah. things really really do help just mm. to just to adjust. It's a good point. I mean, you can only replicate so much, but I think what what the underlining thing of what you're saying, Azim, is is also about accepting kind of what's going on and making the best of what you can, and then. Hopefully we'll all look forward to the day when we can go back and 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 you know make it a make it a time to look forward to and just cope while we can yeah um awesome so um Ashley do you wanna do you wanna talk about what the what lies ahead in terms of the future of the foundation what sort of plans you have in in the pipeline yeah well at the foundation um in general we've got a new building that's currently being built and yeah. is on track to be ready by the end of the year. So mm -hmm. that's really exciting. Um, you can find out all about that online. It's got a rooftop pitch, um, which is, you know, very fancy. Mm -hmm. um, Multi-purpose sports hall. It's going to be a, a hub of mm -hmm. health, well-being, but also learning and, and sport. So that's mm -hmm. really exciting for the community. Mm -hmm. um, Campaign-wise, we've got a couple of exciting ambassadors that we are launching. One... Um, this week and then one in March as well so there'll be more of that so that's people that, um, that others can look up to and hopefully be inspired by that mm -hmm. which should be um, a well-known face um, and just kind of more of the same from the campaign really but always looking at we're very kind of fluid with it and we react to things that happen around us and people that contact us that want to want to kind of help spread the message so for example mm -hmm. we had a band that wants to do a gig for us when we could do those things yeah. so anyone that's got any ideas about how we can promote the be a game changer campaign we're always open to, to suggestions and ideas and when you say it list you know one listening out for ideas i mean it, 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 would you say like you know um you know your facebook forum for example is a good way of where people can pitch in sort of ideas that you can you know t take further on stuff like that yeah yeah, definitely. And in fact, we probably should vocalise that a little bit more in the group. You've just given me an idea there. You know, I shouldn't just expect people to come to me without them realising that they can. So I'll put out a little post actually letting people know that that is an option. Yeah. You know, we don't we don't know everything. We don't know how best to get our message out there to mm -hmm. every single person in the in the city. So mm -hmm. any ideas are always welcome. Yeah. Um, a question for you, Azim, um, very quickly. I mean, how how receptive have the um, the the players at the club been in regards to the kind of um, campaigns that, that you guys are doing and promoting? And how important is it, given that you know, to a lot of people, that they are role models, aren't they? We we get a lot of support from the club and the players, so mm. you'll see them um, wearing the warm up shirts with the be a game changer messaging on. Um, we had some really good quotes from Andy Carroll before the game against Chelsea in November, mm -hmm. um, being really supportive of the campaign. And I think it's it is it's really good having them on board and having them be you know aware of the campaign and it being so kind of vital to our fans because yeah. fan base has been affected by mental health issues um, mm -hmm. recently and that has affected the players and the club. So mm -hmm. it's it's good to have everyone kind of on the same page um, and again the players you know they're finding things tough as well at the moment they're, yeah. they're in exactly the same scenario as all of us it's, it's a difficult situation so just having having this resource and having the be a game changer campaign already in place before covid yeah. i think has been so vital because we, we you know we had a head start in terms of providing support for our community mm -hmm. um so final question um 
for you both before I ask you to leave contact details for, for people to get in touch by. But um, Azima, I really appreciate you saying before that you had, um, you know, mental health issues to deal with before. Um, be as candid as you like, but do you want to sort of say what, what, what was happening in your life and what, if anything, did it give you motivation to do the kind of work that you're doing now? Absolutely. So, um, I, th- I mean, I had fairly, and this is the thing, it'll be fairly typical struggles, mid-twenties, kind of adjusting to real life, not necessarily enjoying my work, mm. relationship problems, you know, the, the whole the whole works, and I just couldn't cope. Yeah. And I knew that that wasn't right, that I couldn't cope. Yeah. And I was just like, I, I don't want to be unhappy anymore. Mm-hmm. So I just went to my GP and I said, I'm, I'm not coping very well at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. I'd like some help. Mm-hmm. And the GP referred me to counselling. And, you know, I, I was lucky that I got counselling pretty quickly. Yeah. But it was, I think it was for me, it was just so vital now looking back that I took that step before things got out of control. Yeah. Um, you know, and if I can use my voice to make people feel that that's okay and that, you know, Look at where I am now. I'm I'm in a really happy position. I'm in a you know working in a really nice environment in a role that I like. Um, and you know, had I not thing, had I not got help, I probably would be stuck in a miserable corporate job that you know, and just a boring, dull existence that I wasn't happy with. So, I've made those changes, and I've not looked. I've not looked back. And Fantastic. it's been really great for me. And yeah. I think that that's the, the message that people need to need to get out there is that if you are struggling, help is there. Mm. And once you get it, there is there is light at the end of the tunnel. Do you know what what you, what you said there in that piece? Um, it resonates a lot with me. And I think given that someone else from the the, the BME community, I, I can understand how tough it can be. And uh, I think yeah, um, all credit to you. And for the benefit of listeners out there, he's got a um. He's got to be be a game changer zoom backdrop, so that shows how far he's come. So that's really awesome. Um, Ashley, how about yourself? Have you been on a personal level? I know that you you, you mentioned you've got your little one year old taken care of, but has, has lockdown been good for you? How's your mental health been? Yeah, I've been all right actually. I think in a way, it, my well, my partner had had to work from home since my mm. son was three weeks old. So actually, it's been quite a positive thing for us. Um, I would have had a totally different maternity leave in. The yeah. fact that I wouldn't have had as much help at home. So I mm. think I would have potentially struggled, actually, if I'd had more time just looking after the baby by myself. But all I've done for a year now is go on the same walks, get a takeaway yeah. coffee. So I do feel like like everyone else will, that life is a little bit Groundhog Day. But actually coming back to work has been really good for me. Yeah. Um, you know, something else to, to kind of focus on, keep me busy, and just trying to do the juggling act. Um. I've, I've upped his nursery hours as of this week. I've realised right. that I, yeah, that that was a thing that was going to benefit my mental health. But for me, I need to get outside and walk yeah. every day. I'm so I've got me. like full on waterproof gear, walking boots because mm-hmm. I have to get out of the house. Yeah, for, yeah. With with having the baby and work and all of that, that that definitely helps. So it's definitely been a struggle. Um, but I've I've, I've been all, I've been all right. I know what it. Is. I know what you mean. I mean, even with the sort of weather that we've had recently whether it's driving rain and you just have to get out there i mean it's like the four walls just but thank you both for for sharing your your personal experiences and also um the work that you're doing with the be game changers part of the newcastle united foundation um is i think it's really awesome and i'm privileged for me to actually 
uh, speak to that wing of, of you know the club that I support. Um, just a final word on on how listeners can get in touch. You touched on a little bit there before. Um, Ashley would go on the Facebook, but what other ways are there? And yeah, so if you were to go on Newcastle United Foundation's website, there's mm-hmm. a Be a Game Changer page on there, which has got loads of top tips, mental health support services. It's got the real life fan stories. We do have, um, obviously, you can follow the foundation on Twitter as well. I would definitely say join the the Facebook group. So Be a Game Changer mm-hmm. NUFC, which would take you to our group, mm-hmm. and um. Yeah, and on there we advertise all of our well-being workshops and things that we're offered to the public. So Facebook awesome. and website, those are the, the two main ones. Awesome. Azim, is anything you want to add on the end of that? Yeah, I think if anyone listening has got a um, story that they'd like to share about their own mental health, whether mm-hmm. they want to do that with a name attached to it or whether they want to do that anonymously, feel free to drop me an email yeah. to azim.armad at nufc.co.uk. I'm sure Ricky can uh, leave the email detail, my email address for listeners as well. I will do, so yeah. If you've got a story that you want to share, feel free to get in contact with me directly. Awesome. Well, that, that wraps this uh, second part of this uh, podcast really nicely. Uh, I want to thank you, Ashley, for, for joining us once again. Nice to meet you as well, Azim, and I hope this isn't the only time that we meet and interact. Um, um, yeah, just just more power to you guys. Uh, thanks for the work that you do. And, uh, yeah, so listeners, that's the Newcastle United Foundation urging fans out there to interact and uh, be candid as about your mental health is what we try and promote on our show. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you, Azim. Thanks for being part of this, and we'll take care. Take care, and speak to you soon. Take Thanks, care. Ricky. Bye, 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 listeners. Take care. Stay tuned for the next show. Cheers.